You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Well, the title of my message is Then It Happened. And uh, as God continues to line out the direction of His church, it's helpful to know that the mashing and the molding is creating godly character within us. And that it's Him doing the mashing and the molding. Come on. Because uh, there's a lot of things that begin to take place in our lives that we don't understand because we just haven't been taught. We haven't seen it in the Word. We haven't connected all the dots And so we think that, you know, God's mad at us or we're doing something wrong or, and it's not the case. The case is, is that God is shaping, molding, and he put certain things into place to get us on track and lined out. And so in Isaiah 64, 8, it says, but now, O Lord, thou art Thou art our Father. We are the clay, and thou art thou our pot. Though thou art potter, all them these. That's why I don't read out of the King James. <laughs> I read out of the New American Standard so I can understand it. And, and and it's a great revelation once you figure out that Jesus didn't talk in King James. It's a great revelation. But I read out of the New American Standard and they even throw these thou's in there. But thou art potter and all of us are the work of thy hand. And here's what he's saying. Lord, you're our father, you're our source. And then he says, we are the clay. And this is what got me. He didn't say we're a vessel. He didn't say we're a cup. He didn't say we're a pitcher. He said we're the clay. In other words, we are the raw material that the potter's fixing to mold and shape into, come on, a vessel. And if you can get a hold of that, then you can understand that the gospel is about a process. It's not about saying a prayer and then just waiting to go to heaven. Because a vessel, a, a pot or a cup or something that holds something has a use right now. And the biggest deception and lie in the church culture in America is that you've been saved just to go to heaven. No, you've been set free to do something right now. And so once you understand that, then it starts making things a little easier to connect the dots in the Bible why Jesus did what he did, why God did what he did before Jesus to establish that time for when Jesus hung on the cross for us. Come on. See, we're living in a world where our core beliefs are tried every day. Never before in the history of America have we tried to normalize sin 
that it tries our very core beliefs of what the Bible, God's way. And let me just say, God's way is God's way. And no matter, no amount of a church attendance will change God's way. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we can get a form of godliness going that we think church attendance is going to help create godly character. But that's not what creates godly character. What creates godly character is you reading the word, knowing the word, and being shaped and molded by the Holy Ghost, come on, to carry the glory of God. You're not going to change that. That's the process that God has put forth for us to walk in it so that we can become victorious that everything that's going on in the world doesn't affect him, come on, making godly character. And our core beliefs are being tried every day. You can't watch TV without your core beliefs being tried every day. Come on. And it seems that we're being forced to stand on our faith and trust that what God started, he will finish. Because he will finish. Because when he says, thou art the potter, he's saying you are the one who purposes what the clay is going to be. How can the clay look at the potter and say, here's what I want to be. When he has already purposed what that lump of raw material is going to be. Come on. So see, your core beliefs in this word are going to be tried every day. Every day. See, it's going to take an understanding that we are his workmanship. That we are a raw material with a purpose. Come on. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, God prepared, God purposed beforehand. Come on. See, God wasn't up there just rolling the dice, hoping that your life turns out right. No, God purposed beforehand, come on, your destiny, what you are going to do, the work that he has for you to do. I'll, I'll never forget. I... I don't know why I wanted to rodeo and, and do all that. I've always wanted to do it. Ever since I was a kid, nobody in my family did. But that was something that was on the inside of me that I could not shake. Come on. And so it was on the inside of me because God prepared that beforehand that I should walk in it. 
And I remember the time. I remember where I was standing. I was standing in daddy's front yard over in Pinehurst. And I had the decision to either go and work for, for Billy James full time or go and work construction, which was making a lot more money than I was going to go work for Billy. It just wasn't adding up. Come on, is anybody in here? It wasn't making sense. Come on, is anybody in here? And then Luke Morgan said the one thing that changed my entire life, he said, God put that desire in you so that you could walk in it. When he's seen you, he would go, look, that's my son. And I'm telling you, standing on that sidewalk on, in front of daddy's house, the light came on. This is what God called me to do. And I can fight it, and I can go this, or I can submit to it. Come on. And let me tell you, God began to do something in there that, golly, I, I can't even tell you. But God prepared that beforehand because God knew that there was going to be things in our life that He was going to do and we just had to submit to it. And that's not always easy. And let me tell you, and it's in that journey that God is always redefining. Re, he's not, it's not a redefining. It's clarifying. Come on. He's clarifying and fine-tuning the direction and call that is on your life. Does that make sense? See, Psalms 139, 16. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. See, there is a purpose in your life. David, David, back before Jesus, recognized that God had already ordained, had already fashioned, come on, his days before there was one of them. Let me tell you what is so amazing about God. The word in Isaiah that Isaiah used for potter is the same exact word as David used as you have ordained you purposed my days. You fastened them. Come on. It's the same word. Fastened. God fastened our days before there was one of them. In other words, you have been shaping. You're going to shape and mold. You are the source that's going to take this raw material and you're going to make it a vessel of honor to carry your glory. That's why we're here, to carry and give honor and glory to Him. Nothing says that God is the Creator God than when a life that the enemy has tried to destroy is serving God and walking in his way. Come on. But see, John 10.10 10 tells us, 
The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and might have it abundantly. Here's been another one of the deceptions in the church is that we haven't taught spiritual warfare. If you do not, if you do not teach spiritual warfare, then you don't understand that there is always a thief trying to redirect. Thank you, sir. There's a, there's always a thief. Now, for years, we've always read this and said, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. No, it's a thief. Since Jesus hung on the cross, the devil doesn't have any power over you. Man, y'all got to understand this. The devil... That's what he should see of you. The bottom of your foot. He is underneath your feet. But see, the devil's, the loophole of the kingdom of darkness is to try to refocus your attention away from what you've really called to be. Come on. Trying to redirect to get you to miss the mark. See, that's what sin is. Sin is missing the mark, missing what God has prepared, what God has ordained for your life. And there is a thief, and that thief is out there in commercials. That thief is out there in songs. That thief is out there in music. Come on. Come on. Married, but not to each other. Come on. It's amazing when you listen to Willie's Roadhouse. What, what were we thinking? We were... <laughs> my dad, my dad, for those of you that can't hear on TV, he said, that's my favorite station. Look, I, I'm so amazed. Can I be, can I be frank? There's nothing left to the imagination anymore. TNA everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everything's hanging out. There's nothing left to the imagination. And we've created a normalcy. We've created that this is normal. I mean, we're, 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 we went to eat the other days in the middle of the day. And we walked down uh, to this along the water. And there was two young girls in there with shorts on, real short shorts. And, and, and fixing to do their little TikTok deal. And they were working on their... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and, and I mean, they got it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Listen, for you young ladies, there's nothing normal about that. There's nothing normal about that. Just stop. Okay? We, we have created a system where we're normalizing this and saying it's okay to just no modesty. Come on. I don't mean to be an old fuddy-duddy, but I'm just saying we're, we're creating something here and God is saying, wait a minute. There is a sanctity of marriage. There, there is a way to do this that's not going to bring in all these cracks in the foundation of your marriage. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, no guilt, no condemnation. I'm just telling you, there is a way to have a healthy marriage. There is a way to have a healthy finance. There is a way, come on, to have healthy relationships and neighbors. And Come on, there's a healthy way to live that you don't have to endure it, but you can enjoy it. And with the normalizing of sin, we find ourselves confused. We find ourselves uh, combating things that we can't combat in the natural because it's a spiritual sickness that is taking over our country. And it's a thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy that we can't govern ourselves. Come on. I don't care if you wear a suit and loafers every day of the week and you're in government and you ain't got Jesus, you can't govern yourself. That's why they're all caught in, in all the mess they're caught in. And that's what's making laws and governing our country. People who can't govern themselves. Oh, God, I could say so much. See, the Word, the Holy Spirit holds us together and keeps our head above water in the storms that we face. Because we're going to face storms. But what you have to understand is that God is shaping and molding us so that we don't crack. So that we can continue to hold His glory and not want to always walk away. So that we can be faithful. So that we can continue on doing what we were called to do for the purpose and the destiny that He's already ordained. Come on. See, the thief is always trying to misdirect our aim, trying to get us to take the wrong path or make the wrong choice and to settle for an alternate plan. Oh, my God. I'm telling you right now, you could preach for a week on, on the enemy trying to get you to take an alternate plan. And let me tell you, those alternate plans... They sure seem good. They sure are comfortable. They sure do feel like, man, this is God. I, I'm not just saying stuff that I've regurgitated from somebody else. I'm telling you, I've took all these alternate plans, these routes. And God would have to bring me back, come on, to His plan. That's how much He loves you.
That's how much he's invested in you. That even when you take a step and it's the wrong one, he gets you going, come on, man. See, don't settle for the alternate plan. Always be looking for the perfect will of God. And I'm telling you, our testimony is, is we, we wanted the perfect will of God. And all hell broke loose. I'm telling you, it, it's way too long to tell it this morning. But we had looked at a ranch in LaGrange. $2.5 million ranch in LaGrange. That's where we were going. That's where we left crying, going, oh, my God, this is it. This has got to be it. But we also had about $700,000 worth of donated material for an old West town that we were going to build because Willie George, that's what he did. And we thought we had to have an old West town. That's got to be God. Well, it is God for Willie George, but it ain't God for Dave. Come on. That's an alternate plan that sounded good, right? I mean, who doesn't want a summer camp that looks like an old town? Ministry. Man, we're going to minister God's word to a bunch of young people, and here's what we're going to do, you know. But let me tell you, what God put in me for bulls and rodeo, it's not summer camp. I had to come to grips with I'm fixing to take the wrong path again. And all hell broke loose to get me in the right spot. Come on. Isn't God good? He knew better than we did. And we thought, oh my God, God's mad at us. We, we've messed up. Because we didn't understand any of this about process. We didn't understand how we are the vessel that God's glory will reside in to advance His kingdom. Come on. See, one thing that we figured out is that God has a way of straightening out our way. <laughs> oh, man. See, when we're headed into the wrong direction and we're about to settle... God says, wait, I have way more for you. I have way more for you. And, and let me just throw this. No, I'm not going to. God is invested in us. He invested his son, Jesus. So he's, it's not just up there. He's, no, he's invested. He invested. Every, he invested his only son, to make you successful and that you could walk in victory and do what he's called you to do. Listen, that everybody in here should have went, oh, praise God, there's still hope. Come on. See, Jesus is the investment for our, on our behalf and it opens the door to the kingdom of God. This is so important. My children have access to everything I own. Why? Because daddy says, here's the keys to everything I got. You have every right to hook up, do whatever, ha have whatever. 
Why? Because I gave them that access. God says, I'm giving you the access to everything in my kingdom. Read about the storehouses. You have every access to your finances, to your health, to your mental well-being, to your, come on, to your relationships. You have access. Who's always trying to redirect all of that? The devil. The thief. Always. You have to realize you got to put him where he belongs. See, God's going to fine tune what you're seeing. Because see, there's some of you in here, you're, something's stirring on the inside of you and, and you've got pieces. You, you've got bits and pieces of that purpose and of that plan, but you, it's, it's dim right now. See, God will fine-tune that, and you're always going to just not see clearly because God, listen, there is nothing like being hungry. People ask me all the time, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the world championship? Who's going to come out? This is what I always say, whoever's the hungriest. Whoever wants it the most, that's who's going to win. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people show up to the game and they ain't even showed up. They showed up, but they didn't show up. Does that make sense? About like the Cowboys. Uh, as disappointing as that was, they didn't show up to the game. Till the last, till it was almost over. But I'm just telling you, seeing dimly, it, it, it makes you hungry. And I can remember sitting in mom and daddy's kitchen after all hell broke loose and we, we, were, we were losing it all. And, and listen, people love you and people want you to succeed. But they're not always going to understand where you're at and what you're seeing. And as godly as my mom and dad are, they had seen what God had done to a point we got the 1.8 million for the ranch. It was 2.5. I offered them 1.8. I didn't have 100 bucks in my pocket. And then they said, you got it. And then all of a sudden, a guy shows up that's got $1.8 million, and he needs to do something with it. And we're like going, we're on our way. And then it all come falling apart. Now, we could have rested in knowing that, man, God, you did that. And then we could have just went back to church and we could have just went back to work, construction. But there was something in me that I had already walked this thing so far that wasn't going to let me quit. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Something had already been ignited. Listen, the potter had already started forming and molding the vessel to the point to where I, we're, we're, we're this far in the process, we're not quitting now. We, we're not going to stop. We may not understand it all, but we ain't stopping. Because it's not our way, but it's God's way. Come on. Look. 
And, and let me say this, and this is, this is of most vital importance, is that we need to at least take the step to start. Come on. We've got to take the step to start. It may be in the wrong direction, and you may fall flat on your face, but praise God you took a step. Because each one of them steps, come on, is going to make it clearer and clearer the counterfeit and the real. The counterfeit and the real. Come on, does that make sense? The counterfeit and the real. The counterfeit and the real. Listen, the devil's always going to come bring a counterfeit plan. Always going to try to sneak in a counterfeit plan. You can always count on it. And you have to trust God with it. And know that God has invested a lot into your raw material. Come on. Because it's in the journey that you see Him. And you get to experience Him. And that's when you're seeing Him, come on, face to face. And the more you stick it out in this journey, the more you realize how much He loves you. And how much He's invested in you. 1 Corinthians 13, turn there. This is a chapter that is often referred to the love chapter. The excellence of love. Verse 8. We're just going to skip a thing here a minute. We'll get back to the love. Verse 8, it says, Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And here's the reason why everybody says this the love chapter is because what they want to do is take the gift part out. And they want to focus on there's not going to be any more tongues. There's not going to be any more gifts. There's not going to be because it's love never fails. This ain't a love chapter. This is a how to have gifts and keep it in good balance of fear and love. Because when you ignore the spiritual gifts, <laughs> then all of a sudden you got churches that have no love. And that's what I love about this church is because you can come in here in a broken mess trying to figure out God's way and everybody's a mess and everybody's not trying to condemn you or not, come on, pass judgment. Listen, the Word of God does its judging. We condemn our own selves when we don't walk in His way. So it's not our part to judge and it's not our part to condemn, but our part is to do what it says 
Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love does this. And it's the spiritual gifts that we're working with because none of us see everything clearly is that when we have discernment, when we have a spiritual gift, then other, we have the tools then to be able to love, to be able to do the plan of God that he's put in our life. Come on, somebody hear me. And we can all come in here a broken mess and we're all trying to figure it out. We're not all par perfect. Come on. And we're all trying to... And then it says, verse 1, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And this is a church without love. You're just up there going through the motions like that little monkey with them things on its hands. Come on. A dog and pony show. When we made the church so sterile that people that are messed up can't come in, we lost our love. See, and when you lose your love and you ain't got no discernment because you're not walking in God's way, then you're always casting judgment on people because they're not acting or putting that church face on. Come on, man. See, but when love never fails, look what it says. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Listen, when Jesus comes back, we won't need tongues or gifts or prophecy. But by cracky right now, we need it all. We got to have it. We can't do this without tongues, prophecy, discernment. Come on. We've got to be able to discern spirits. We got to be able to discern the counterfeits. That the thief is trying to redirect in our lives. We got to be able to discern, is this fear or is God trying to move me somewhere? Come on. Listen, fear can work this way too, of not letting go. Man, Matt, Matt Broyles hit the nail on the head. Misleading comfort. See, sometimes we get comfortable in the wrong way. And we fear letting go so that we can grasp everything that God has for us. Oh, man. Are y'all still with me? See, this should be a good balance. We have to stay the course, trusting God firmly in trusting Him firmly. Come on. Even when it don't make sense, we got to hope unwaveringly and we have to love unconditionally. Look, that's what love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Listen, these are all, these are all, Actions that we're going to have to take. Listen, it's hard to encourage someone when they are making the wrong choices. Yeah. 
but we're called to encourage that person, not judge them. Come on, man. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, this is church in a whole new light where we encourage them, lift them up, say, hey, it's all right. You just took the wrong step. Now let's make the right step. No guilt, no condemnation. We've all done it. Come on, there's some things you're going to have to let go of that way so that we can get a hold of this way. Come on. Listen, we're, we're, right now, this chapter is so vital because it is hard at times to love people who are just ignorant. Just so. Come on. Love believes all things. Love bears all things. Come on. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Man, we, listen, we're living in a day where people are easily offended and they want to hang on to that. Because nobody's been taught how to let go of offense. And when you got an offense, you got unforgiveness. And when you got unforgiveness in them, man, listen, the devil builds a wall around you, a prison. Come on. See, we need the gifts. When Jesus comes back, then we'll understand clearly the church's purpose here. Then we'll understand it. We have to keep in mind that God has something for us that we can't even wrap our heads around. You just think right now where you're at, it's good. Let me tell you, you wait till you start getting a hold of what God's... It, you, when you start seeing little by little, you can't even wrap your head around all the good things God has for you. That was what, that's what was so uh, exciting and what's always so fresh about Terry Holland's uh, testimony is because he couldn't see it when he was a kid. And there was so much more in that testimony that y'all didn't get to hear. But he spent hours walking around his daddy's corral, top, top rail around the corral fence, just working on his balance. There were so many things that he didn't do. Come on, he could have done. He traveled with some, oh my gosh. He traveled with some bad dudes that made some bad decisions, and he never did. He's never drank a beer. He doesn't even know. I remember we was in New York at a bull riding, and he asked the guy, hey, what's it like to have a buzz? <laughs> and he just, Terry, you know, what's it like to have a buzz, he said. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, well, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> you know? I mean, but he never made, and look how God honored. If we could teach our kids I think our kids need to all go back, sit down and watch his testimony because if you can start making the right decisions now, come on, God will honor. God will honor what he's put, that plan and that purpose. And now Terry, man, he reaching, he's reaching, he's far reaching. He could never see what he's doing today. In schools, in men's meetings, in, uh, come on. God used his what 
and developed a testimony that gives glory to him to advance his kingdom. Come on, man. Isn't that good? Listen, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are y'all good? Because I'm plumb out of time. I hadn't preached in four or five weeks. I mean, look, you're just getting a load right now. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. It says, Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. Listen, God has predestined, come on, for our glory as we become the vessel that carries His glory. He says, if you'll humble yourselves, He will exalt you, right? This is a wisdom that doesn't make sense that He wants us to partner with the kingdom of God. Come on. And look what He says. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it... Now, who's he talking about here? This is that spiritual warfare he's talking about. He said, the rulers of this age, if they would have understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Come on. They, if they would have known how this was going to make us so successful... To be able to walk according to that plan, come on. To give us the victory as overcomers, they'd have never crucified Jesus. But because they didn't know. Look what it says. Things which eyes not seen, ears not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. Man, you have no idea. And this all speaks of right now. This is not for in the sweet by and by. This is for right now. All that God has prepared for you. Because here's the deal. In Isaiah 64, this is where this comes from. Where he's talking about we're the pot, where he's the potter, we're the clay. This is out of that same chapter. And Paul is saying, eyes not seen, ears not heard. He's already repeating what the prophet said in Isaiah because they had walked off in rebellion and they weren't the, they weren't the vessel carrying the glory that they were supposed to. Come on. And he's saying, hey, we have a source. We have a potter. That's fascinating. We got to get back to it. Your eye hadn't seen, your ear hadn't heard. It ain't even entered in your heart what all God's prepared for you. But you got to be the vessel that he's called you to be. Come on now. Listen, this is for right here and for right now. God is shaping and molding all us cracked pots. Come on. We all leak. See, our now, oh man, listen, our right now, this is why this is not for just the sweet by and by. 
because our right now affects the future of the kingdom of God. God's always thinking about down the road, not just, come on, that's why he's trying to get this vessel to carry and be honorable, faithful, committed, come on. Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Come on, he set things in place. Yeah, there's going to be trials and troubles, but let me tell you, I've set you up that you can be delivered. Come on, that's good news. John 15, 13, 20. Says if, if you were of the world... The world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Listen, Jesus laid down his life for us to be successful and fruitful. And let me tell you something. In this culture that we live in, your way of life is not conducive to the world's way. And you're going to start seeing that when you stand up and you start making changes in your life, it's not going to make sense in the normalcy that they're trying to create. Come on. When you're trying to get back to living according to God's way and His Word, it's not going to make sense to that generation because when you start getting in line with the Word of God, it's going to start condemning them. Does that make sense? And it's always going to come off that you're judging them. No, you're just trying to get your crack pot back in shape. Come on. And as you continue to stay the course, come on, and you letting go, not getting comfortable living in sin, not getting comfortable with always missing the mark, come on. John 16, 33. And I have them put this up in the message because I want to read this out of the message. Jesus answered them, Do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it. <laughs> Saving your own skins and abandoning me. Saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that, that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace in this godless world. You will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. See, there's going to be times it, 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 you're going to want to run, save your own life. But you just can't. You just can't. But you got to take courage because he's overcome the world. Look in 1 Samuel and I'll close. This is so powerful. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 1. It starts out, then it happened. Oh man. Then it happened. What happened? All hell broke loose. Huh? 
all hell broke loose. And when that happens, there's something that we need to learn. Because in the past, we haven't figured this out. That life is going to happen. It took a bumper sticker, shh, happens. <laughs> Come on. It took that bumper sticker for us to realize life happens. And David has been, listen, remember process. Remember there's something in you that just keeps stirring you and keeps pulling you to what God has prepared for you. There's something you don't understand and you're always taking that next step towards it, not seeing clearly. And the whole time God is shaping and molding you for where you're headed. Because your eyes not seen and your ear hasn't heard, hasn't even entered your heart all that God has prepared for you. But you just know that something's coming and you want to be a part of it. And then all of a sudden it happens. David is headed out to go fight with the Philistines against Israel. Now, mighty men of valor have been coming to David and saying, David, we're with you. David, we're with you. Men of valor. Men whose faces were like the face of a lion. Men who could yield sword and shield. Who, I mean, just these mighty men are starting to gather at Ziklag. And on the inside of David, he knows when he was 15, I was anointed to be king. I don't know how. I don't know why. But all I know is I remember when Samuel the prophet came into my daddy's tent and made all my brothers stand until I got there and anointed me to be king. I don't know how, but I know something happened to me that day that I seized a lion by his beard and I killed him, saving my daddy's sheep. A bear came and attacked and I killed that bear that came to kill my daddy's sheep. So I know God did something on the inside of me. Now David has got these mighty men and he's going to fight against Israel, against Saul who has drove him to the wilderness. The boy that killed a giant, that got the favor of a king to be a father to him. 
who taught him how to wear armor, who taught him, come on, how to be a warrior, who he was his armor bearer, who loved him like a son. David couldn't even kill him. And he run out of the cave after cutting the robe off and said, my father, my father, had prostrated himself before him. Let me tell you, you know what David did when he did that? He said, here's my head. You can cut it off or you can believe that I don't have any ill will against you. Either or, here I am. Come on. You want to talk about putting your fate in God's hands? When the very man that's looking for you, trying to kill you, and then you offer your head to him? What did Saul say? He said, David, you're more righteous than me. I know now that you will be king. I know now. And now here's David going to fight this man that still is jealous of him. David gathers his men and he starts to go. And the Philistines are like, no way, man. This cat ain't going, he's not going to fight with us. You send him back. The Philistines tell their king, we ain't fighting with him because we know what's going to happen. He's going to turn and kill us. And you know, I got to thinking, how many times have I went to fight the wrong battle? Maybe David just thought, I'll go back up the Philistines. God was saving him from putting himself in the palace. See, there's a lot of times we want to go on and take the throne ourselves instead of allowing God to give it to us. Come on. And developing the character in us that is able to sit on that throne. And God said, no, David, you're going to sit this one out. You're going to sit this one out. By the way, you probably need to get back home. Then it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone. In this world you will have tribulations, but I have overcome the world. Come on, these things start taking. They, they've got to start making sense. You, you hear what I'm saying? And when David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David said, and, and David and the people who were with him, 
lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive. Moreover, verse 6, Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself to the strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Come on, I'm telling you, every person in here at some point is going to be embittered. Right in the middle of God fixing to give you the palace. At some point, when all hell breaks loose, you have to realize that a breakthrough is coming. Right before the breakthrough, because see, they were on the brink. The very battle that David was going to fight was the same battle that took Saul and Jonathan's life. Come on, is anybody hearing this? The very battle that they left is the one that was going to put David on the throne. And so as they go back, that's the breakthrough the whole kingdom needed. The kingdom of God was, the kingdom of Israel was in turmoil. It was in great confusion. People were always running and fleeing. David said to Abther, the priest, the son of Amalek, please bring, the, bring me the ephod. So Abther brought, so Abther brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this man? Notice what David did not do. He did not beg. He did not whine. Come on. And he did not complain. David inquired. David encouraged himself. And then he got his marching orders. Come on now, you got to hear this. David is a warrior. David just needs direction. David has no problem fighting. Why? Because God already established that he's one bad dude. See, that's what part of the journey is. That's what part of the process is, is making us to get us to the point where we quit whining, complaining, come on, and begging God and start getting orders to go get our stuff back. See, but the church has never put the people through the process, come on, to learn how to get to that point to encourage yourself to go conquer. Because we've always relied on this guy right here in this pulpit whose hands are softer than a baby's butt. who wouldn't know how to fight, come on. But I'm telling you right now, there comes a point in all of our lives, in all of our journey, in all of our walk, in all our way to the destiny and purpose that God has, that you're going to have to hit your knees and encourage yourself. And once you've encouraged yourself to get up and go conquer, then you get your marching orders. And let me tell you, once you get your marching orders, 
it says David went to go get all of his stuff back and half his army was cut in half because they were just wore out. When you get your marching orders from God, numbers don't matter. You've got to get that. When you get your marching orders, numbers don't matter. Why? Because God has overcome. If, you, if David had to go by himself, he'd have brought them all back. And here's where love never fails. Because it says there was some worthless men among them when they came back with all the spoils that the guys that were too tired to go, they said, we ain't giving them up our spoils. David said, no, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Because that's the right thing to do. That should be the church's mentality. Love never fails. There may be one person in this building that encourages everybody else when you're tired or when you make the wrong choice. But there needs to be one person. See, love never fails. That's how we get through all this together. Not being judgmental and condemning, but saying, hey, I understand where you're at. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to pick up and let's go. Because God's got a plan. And I don't care how many sorry, bad mistakes you make, God has invested in you enough to hang out with you when everybody else is leaving or not going. Come on, is anybody in here hearing me? This is who we are. We're a church that has the keys to the kingdom that not even hell can keep us out from going and getting our stuff. Come on. Numbers don't matter. What matters is that we believe. That's what matters. And that we're faithful and committed to the process of the potter. Oh man, y'all stand. Come on, some of y'all might be right there. Then it happened. Somebody may be on the backside of losing everything. And the thief came in. Or you may be in the process of getting it back or, come on. See, everybody's at a different spot. We just have to go, God, we're in this. 
We're in this. We are, we are the clay. That's all we are is the clay. What the potter makes of us is nary none of our business. How he goes about it is his way. And I'm telling you, you can run from it or you can embrace it. I'm here to embrace it. Who else? Come on, man. I'm telling you. I'm here to embrace it. Because let me tell you, at the end of the day, there's nobody loves you like him. Nobody loves you like him. Where did Lacey go? Did she have something to say, Wendy? Did Lacey... She had to go check on the baby. I wanted to hear what Lacey had to say. Huh? Yeah, go, go. If Lacey's out there and Lacey can hear. Listen, I'll, if the Holy Spirit lays something on somebody's heart, I want to hear it. Yeah, and if you need, I know we're way past time, but if if you've got to go, I understand. I feel like I missed the window. <laughs> um, this week, uh, in honor of we start baseball season this coming weekend, and so like I really wanted to get in my word and figure out. Um, as a mom, like, it's really hard, especially for me. If you know me, I'm, like, super competitive. <laughs> my kids did not get that, and it's very hard. <laughs> like, my kids are spazzes whenever it comes to basketball. Like, I can't take it. So I was like, okay, so obviously they did not take after me. How can I, you know, fix this? And one of the things that I read was competitive greatness. And hmm. competitive greatness is not being the greatest. It sounds like that, but it's not. It's giving your absolute best. And uh, I kind of felt like that with, you know, with Caleb, I, I finally was like, just go have fun. And my mom was like, I know that kind of went against your grain. Cause like, I'm, <laughs> it's not fun. This is business. Like we about to win. And so Whenever I finally sat back and I was like, go have fun. Like, don't worry about scoring anything. Don't worry about stealing the ball. Just go have fun. And it was like a little light bulb went off in my little seven-year-old's head. And he went out there and was aggressive. And, like, he was able to give it his all without the, I have to be the best. I have to be the greatest for my mom. Wow. And he, yeah, he had that taken away from, like, he was able to go out there and get the job done. If it's fun, it gets done is another thing that I read. And hmm. a lot of times, especially with social media, we were like, I have to be like them. Like, I'm not a speaker. <laughs> My debate, te debate teacher would be like floored that I even <laughs> made it up here. 
I'm not a speaker like Keisha. I can't do that. <laughs> but I have been called to be a mom. I have been called to be a yes. coach, to be a teacher with my kids. And I have to strive to be great in that and not what others have been called to be. Man, that's good, Lacey. And, that, and that's what the thing about it. God sets us up to be that free. We don't have to compete. Listen, we're not, we're not competing at, for other, other churches. I, I will never compete for other members somewhere else. You know what we're competing with? This sunshiny day, Super Bowl, the lake, fishing trips. Come on, hunting. My God, I compete with myself for that. I mean, deer season comes, I get like pretty narrow-minded, <laughs> you know? See, those are the things that we're competing with. We're not competing with. See, God takes the pressure off of us so that we can be molded and shaped. Listen, kids will burn out on you being pressured at that age. And there's a lot of pressure on that. There's a lot of pressure. And God's saying, hey, I won't take the pressure off of you. You don't have to perform for God. Mary and Martha. Martha's in there performing. She got that, she's rolling that dough, you know. I mean, she's working, poor old Mary. She's just over there sitting at Jesus' feet, not doing nothing. Martha's in there. I mean, she's got cakes and she's got dinner, and finally she comes out with that rolling pin. <laughs> Don't tell me she didn't come out with a rope, because I'm telling you, Jesus said, stood up and said, Martha, Martha. <laughs> if she would have come out just kind of, he'd have just said, Martha. <laughs> no, she come out with a fire in her eyes. Martha, Martha, wait. <laughs> huh? She's chosen the better thing. She's not performing for my attention. Come on. I'd have been going, no, man, let Martha cook. <laughs> huh? Listen, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm telling you, all this chaos and all this mess going on in the world does not, it doesn't, it, it, it just makes me go, you know what? We are just getting a glimpse of more and more every day what it is to stand and trust God and have faith in Him. Listen, we're being forced to have faith in God. That's not a bad thing. All that's going on is not a bad thing to me. To me, it's exciting because we're having to really stand on what we believe. And I think that's awesome. We're really having to do the Word, y'all. I love it. We're having to really apply it. 
We're having to really practice righteousness. Come on, I always thought that was odd. Practice your righteousness. No, go sit in traffic. You're going to have to practice righteousness. That's the test for me. Practice your righteousness. Wow. Father, we come to you. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask that as we go forth that today, you will begin to show us what we need to let go of, what we've gotten comfortable with, what we're about to settle for. Make us aware of the thief that is trying to redirect our path. Father, I thank you that in the midst of all that's going on, all the turmoil, I thank you that breakthrough is coming. Lord, I thank you that for the breakthrough in people's lives that are coming. Lord, I thank you that today that we can even go home and encourage ourselves and get our conquering orders to get back what the enemy's trying to steal. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.